Welcome to What's That About? Today we're looking at Weird Things About the Human Body, Part 2. Don, what is the weirdest part about your body? Well, I've got a really small bottom, but I've got a really big penis. So it makes it really hard to buy undies. Ah, it's difficult. Anyway, it's a curse. Uh, it's one I have to live with and I don't really want to talk about it. On with the show, please. Don, welcome to another week of What's That About? We're back. We're back. Been hitting it hard on the socials lately. We're trying. <laughs> We've done a couple of posts in between episodes. That's uh, that's big for us. One of the posts even got two likes, which big. is uh, pretty special for us. That's a bit of a milestone. <laughs> um, anything from this week of note for D-Train? Well, this is nothing to do with the topic, but I was at a party recently and there was someone there who was from somewhere in South America. And they were talking, there was peanuts there for snacks. And when this person said peanuts, which they really liked, it sounded like they were saying penis. So it was kind of like they were eating it. They're like, oh, I just love penis. I love it. They're like, oh, I just can't get it. I could have it all day. I just want to put heaps of them in my mouth at once. I could, and she kept on going on about it. She was going on and on and on. All the different facets of the penis. Like, it was insane. And it was the funniest thing. And I don't think anyone else picked up on it. But at one point she goes, Mmm, penis, penis, penis. <laughs> it was great. Moments. I don't know if it's just you and me, but I have that brain of a six-year-old where I hear things like that and I have just lost it in the corner. And everyone else is a grown-up and they're not reacting yeah. to it. Like, well, how can you not react to this? This is the best. Everyone else is mature. And I'm just replacing the word peanuts for penis in my head and having the time of my life. It, <laughs> it oh, was great. Oh, that's a good week. Anyway, that's a great week. She bloody loves peanuts. <laughs> like a lot. Evidently, uh, in more than I love anything. <laughs> in contrast... I've had, I think I've had one of the most embarrassing moments of my life this week. Do tell. This is, this is so bad. During a coronavirus shutdown, we've, I've had lots of days of shutdown. Yeah. I've put on so much weight. The COVID, really? ki- oh, the COVID kilos, the COVID chins, the COVID breasts. Like I'm just, I'm out of control. But I was, for a work thing, I was, uh, we were making some videos and I was the presenter on the video and I had to get a new shirt for the day and my wife said, you know, you buy your shirts too loose, just buy a shirt that's a bit, you know, better fitting. Yeah. And I went, okay. So I bought a snugger fitting shirt. I go to the uh, film shoot, sit down in the chair to record the videos and the director after the first take goes, oh, um, sorry, look, and just leant forward and said, (laughs) ah, there's just a little bit of stomach in the shot. The... My my buttons were protruding to the side so much that my stomach, my guts were hanging out into the shot. So he's like, "We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to do that one again." And then he went and tried to find some double sided tape to stick my shirt together. <laughs> and there's like an it's like an eight person crew watching me sit there with my guts hanging out. They had to retake the shot. It was it was the worst moment of my life. How slim a fit did your shirt did you get? It was a slim fit. It was slim. Yeah, that's your problem. A, you can just get a smaller size or you can get the slim fit. 
Us Martins can't pull off a slim fit. Oh, no. I've we learnt, just can't do it. I've learnt the hard way. And then on top of that, like the next shot, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah your face is a bit shiny. We might need some blotting paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> blotting paper. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Oh, terrible. That, is, that is great, though. That um, is great. Your face is too shiny. It's <laughs> good. The, on a completely different note, I'm just interested And the listeners might write in about this Which is not going to happen But I've mm. noticed this I don't know whether it's a, a thing you and I do As two kind of dorky dads But Speak I'm talk- yourself, mate. <laughs> talking about Modern rhyming slang Using celebrities' names Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, I know I'm familiar you just, Can you define for me what, what I'm referring to here? This is. I didn't have any preparation time. The definition team hasn't had uh, time to come up with a definition. Essentially, it's taking, in the way we use it, in the way that I've used it with other people, is taking a name, usually a modern celebrity name, and using it for a different meaning, usually rhyming, you know. And if you're like, I don't think we invented this, but I don't, I don't think there's a term for this in the popular culture. What it's just rhyming is. slang. It's just a bit of a you know the classic one was instead of hitting the road. This is it's very Australian. Is instead of hitting the road, it's hitting the frog and toad. Yeah, that's traditional rhyming that's slang. That's your tradition. Yeah, and then but then there's like a modern version of it, which is instead of ear, you say I'll oh, you know get this in your Jermaine Greer, which yeah. is still rhyming slang. But what we're suggesting here is almost a step on from that. Let's. Give, give us your best example of, of the kind of modern rhyming slang that we're pulling out. So we use it, I use it in my workplace quite a bit. So I work in a hospital, it's in theatres. Um, and, and I'm just going to preface this by saying that I've been accused many times in the past by my girlfriend of stealing material from her. And this is definitely, uh, this is her material. I'm just going to ring the bell <laughs> and say, this is not my material. If we have a very sleepy patient, it's not a sleepy patient, it's a snoozy quattro. <laughs> That's what it is. Or if you have a really cold patient after theatre, it's not a cold patient. It's either a chilly duffer or a coldy horn. Coldy horn. Basically, yeah, coldy horn's one of my I favorites. love coldy horn. Yeah, we've got heaps. I love this. I, I, and I always do it with the kids and they have no idea who I'm referring to. Like the other day, there's, a, there's an Australian TV presenter called Julia Zamiro. And one of my kids spread some Vegemite on the couch. They smeared it across the couch. And I've gone, oh, settle down, Julia Smiro. <laughs> just. <laughs> they would just be having no idea, no idea what I'm talking about. about. The, yeah. my, uh, Another one, because we work in a hospital, <laughs> this is risque. If we have a patient that dies, it's not a dead patient. It's a dead Flanders. Uh, which, <laughs> no, it's is- not. I made that up right then. I just, <laughs> that's not true. That's ridiculous. <laughs> And some of them are like I just get really obscure. Like my my one of my kids was getting some medicine out, and then she's like, "Oh, how much do I need?" And I said, "Oh, just just two Rob Mills." Rob yeah. Mills was on Australian Idol about sixteen years ago. Yeah, <laughs> he was on Australian Idol, and he slept with Paris Hilton <laughs> in Australia. Obscure. That's all we know about Rob Mills. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is. If you use rhyming slang like this, let us know. Otherwise, I think we're going to claim it as something we've invented, not your colleagues, not not your girlfriend. We invented it on the show. Yeah. All right. Okay. Isn't <laughs> that? All righty. So let's move on with it. Weird things about the human body, part two. Now, this is a very Don-friendly topic. You like to delve deep into the human psyche. 
I like a simple question and a simple answer for a simple man. <laughs> you like a black and white answer, whether you know uh, which way's up, which way's down. There's no like there's seven theories to explain this. Yeah, I don't do lists yeah. in my answers. I'd have no. a one simple answer. You want multiple theories by multiple different people. <laughs> so <Peoples. we've> got, <laughs> we've got we've got four topics to the table, two each. I've come in with uh, pressure points. What are they about? And uh, when you've when you're trying to remember something, it's on the tip of your tongue, the tip of the tongue phenomenon. So they're my two. What are your two? I got B O, something mm-hmm. you're very familiar with. So I'm surprised you didn't pick it. <laughs> and I've also got blushing. What's blushing, blushing. about? Blushing. Okay. Yeah. Four topics. Why don't you kick us off? Pick one of your topics and hit us with it. I'm gonna go B O to begin with. Yep. Because we've all been there. It's not a nice thing. What do you think? What do, you, do you have any initial thoughts <laughs> on BO? I don't really have any. I'm interested whether you figured out how does deodorant block or stop BO. I'm interested in that in particular. I did but, actually look into that. Uh, that's the only bit I was I'm interested in. I'm pretty sure it's to do with aluminium. There's something about aluminium that it just block blocks, the pores? The, blocks the pores or something. I didn't actually right. look into that. I do remember once our brother, who's a bit more au natural than we are, <laughs> but he once, you know, there's that rock or the stone, which is meant to be like a natural deodorant. Yeah. And you can use the, yeah, it doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't, or didn't work for him. Um, I know a lot of people, though, that have done that thing where they don't use deodorant for like four weeks and they push through the smell barrier. And then from then on, they claim that it's all smooth sailing. You don't need deodorant anymore. Is I don't, that, is that, that a thing? Because I know people say that about washing your hair and I can understand that about washing your hair. Our brother Nick didn't wash his hair for a few years I think. Yeah, I remember um, that. But I don't know if that holds weight for body odour. I think he, they, I reckon they still stunk, surely. But let's get to the, the crux of it. Body odour, what causes it? What did you What did you find out about it? All right, so I'm going to, because I had the definition team in full action, <laughs> it was an easy one. Definition, an unpleasant smell emanating from the body. It's just a smell. So basically, when people sweat... They, they earned their money today, bloody hell. They earned their money. <laughs> when people sweat, the sweat itself is not smelly at all. It's essentially odourless. But what does smell is the bacteria on our skin. So you sweat and then the bacteria starts to essentially eat the sweat. And oh. that there's a bacteria that produces the bad smells. Oh, that's actually more interesting than I thought. Yeah. So the, inherently the sweat isn't smelly. It's just when it interacts with the bacteria that it becomes smelly. That's right. And it doesn't really happen with kids. It happens with when you hit teenagers because there's specific glands and in particular the apocrine sweat glands, which only really start producing sweat in your teenage years. So, yeah. So, they kick into action when you're a teenager. So, they secrete the majority of chemical compounds needed for the skin flora to metabolize it into odorant substances. And it's mainly in your armpit. It's also found in the areola, the anogenital region, and around the navel. Ooh. A bit too much information. But it's, it's mainly the apocrine gland, which produces the, the sweat that the bacteria Bloody loves. Bloody loves. Yeah. Riddle me this then. Do you find that you have phases of your life where you're a bit smellier than other phases of your life? And that's not correlated with, you know, this, this, the hot months or any personal hygiene you've got going on. Just some periods of my life I remember thinking, ah, a little bit whiffy, got to up the, up the ante on the hygiene here. And then other periods I'm like, I don't smell at all. I'm, I'm not doing anything different. Why would that be different over time? I don't really find that that much. There are certain foods, I looked into since there's foods that affect your body odour. So specific vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage and kale can make your body odour change its yeah, smell. Interesting. 
Also, and this is what I relate to, if I ate a curry or if I ate anything with cumin in it, the next few days your body smells a bit curry-esque. Your body odor actually changes eating that food. It's one of the, you know, like, and this funny thing with body odor, sometimes I'll walk into a room and I'm like, oh, someone's having some, you know, someone had some fish and chips. Oh, no, that's B.O. Have you ever found that? Like, not not so much. You're nah, not me. I don't I don't experience that either. Um, it's, it's mainly an efficient chip shop. Not a big deal. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Anything else on body odor? Um, well, there's actually a genetic element to it. So a lot of so a lot of mothers can identify by body odor their biological children, but not stepchildren. And also, like so, pre pre adolescent children can detect by smell their full siblings but not their step-siblings. So they think there's some impact in terms of odour to do with incest avoidance, which is some, you know, like some primal caveman kind of thing, so you're not going to be inbreeding. Oh, wow. To do with your smell. Yeah. Very good. I also found, I actually looked into tips to avoid BO, out of interest to see what it says. Did our friend Wiki Howe come to the uh, save the day again? May as well have. (laughs) Uh, They didn't. Essentially, take a shower is the first one. Great. Thank you very much. Use a loofah or a bath towel. I'm not comfortable using a loofah, are you? Have you used a loofah in the past? I th- it just seems a bit rough. It's like you're rubbing I'm yourself like, on a rock. Why am I using this yeah. sea growth? It's from <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem right. Haven't used a loofah. Um, I'm open to it, but haven't gone there. Wear loose, clean clothing. And I think that's basically to minimize sweat. Right. So yep. just don't be filthy, guys. Yeah. And one last point. Apparently, smell plays a massive part in the courtship process. So, scientists have found that a person's scent is actually more important. It's a more important factor in physical attraction than looks. The old pheromones. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. It's uh, very interesting. I think I've, uh, I've battled the odds there and I don't know how I've got a wife. But yeah, me either. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, I'll give you a 7 out of 10 for that, body odor. Not bad. Okay. I'll okay. take that. Um, better, better than I deserve <laughs> What do you got? Tip of the tongue you know, you know that feeling when you're trying to remember something And it is right on the tip of your tongue You're yeah. about to recall it But you just can't quite get over the line To remember the word or the thing Very frustrating Always like I always get a trivia nights like, you know, What's the capital of Venezuela? And I can remember you know the, the, the rough shape of the word Maybe the, the letter it starts with Maybe what it sounds like But I can't piece it all together to get the actual answer Which I think is Caracas, I think. Um, which Don't pretend you didn't look it up. No, nah, I didn't, didn't need to. I'm, I'm very good <laughs> on capitals. <laughs> and so, obviously, it's on the tip of your tongue, which is why it's called the tip of the tongue phenomenon. I think the Don's definition team must have come up with that one. Yeah. Or the technical term is lethologica. Oh, interesting. And it's not just I can't remember something. It's I'm about to remember it and, you know, the retrieval moment is imminent, but I just can't quite get there is what differentiates it from... Just basic, can't remember. And so, it is a universal thing. Everyone gets it, but you get more of it the older you get. And it happens all over the world. So, apparently in Korea, uh, the phrase they use or the word they use is is translated to sparkling at the end of my tongue, which <laughs> is lovely and poetic. I, you imagine being at an Australian barbecue and go, ah, can't think of that word. It is sparkling at the end of my tongue. You would not yeah. get away with that. 
You wouldn't get away with it. You do it more often when you're tired. And if you do it too much, it can be the signs of a disorder called anomic aphasia, which is usually a result when you've had a head injury or a stroke or dementia. So what's actually happening though? So as with all of the things I like to talk about, there's no actual answer. No one knows for sure. (laughs) Good. Good. Bacteria might be involved. I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) But the main or one of the theories, the theory that I like best because it's the simplest to understand is that our memories are stored in our brain Different bits of the memory are stored in, in different areas of the brain. We don't store the memory in one little shelf. So when you're re- recalling something, you need enough pieces to cross that threshold to remember it. But what's happening on the tip of the tongue is you're getting some of the parts you're remembering, but your brain hasn't put enough of the parts together to remember it. So you're like, it's imminent. I've got lots of the parts, but I just need a few more to actually get the word. And so... That's kind of the basic idea. It's about how we store memories in our brain and then the regathering of those to retrieve it and produce it through language is I do find idea. that fascinating, actually, how we store memories. And you know how you can completely forget something for decades and then something brings it back and it's been stored in your brain the whole time. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's so interesting and it's so complicated. Like when I was looking at all the other theories, because they go into like pretty much how we store how memory works and how memory relates to language. It gets so complex. So that the explanation I chose was just the simplest one, which does feel nice and true as well. You kind of like, yeah, I got the shape of it. I got the, I'm just, I just can't quite reach the other bits to bring it together to make the, the puzzle come together. But yeah, tip of the tongue, I'll give myself a 10. Yeah, look, that's not bad. I'm going to give it a seven as well. Uh, I'm going to crack on then with mine. Yep. Blushing. Are you a blusher? Uh, I don't think so. I've, really? I've got a, I've got a few friends that are massive blushers. Yeah. They they blush even when they're not embarrassed or they're just like just a random blush. I don't, I don't I've know what's true people. Yeah. I've known people that I've known were blushers and you can just go, you're about to go red. And then they just go red because oh. they don't want to. Yeah. Like I'm a bit a of switch. a blusher. Are you a I'm blusher? I'm a bit of a blusher. I'm a blusher. I've never noticed that. Oh, big time. <laughs> big, big time Big blusher. time. Bloody love a blush. <laughs> No, nah, it's really annoying because you know you don't want to, and sometimes you, you can feel it happening. You can feel your face getting red or feeling hot, hoping that no one notices. And then, of course, <laughs> no one's going to start. If anyone gets one hint of a blush from someone, they're going to call it on you, call you on it, <laughs> because. And then the blush just goes. It's my time to shine, and it goes nuts. <laughs> you end up looking extremely red. It's very embarrassing. So yeah, I do it all the time. It's like blushing is like a, a performer who's like, oh, you want some of this? I'm here. And yes, it's like, exactly. It's like just the smallest bit of encouragement. Yeah. It's like, it's time to shine, baby. Like it just, it's ridiculous. And it's annoying because you don't want it to happen. It's a lot. Your last thing you want to do is bring attention. It like, it's and so it's, embarrassing. Is it yeah. one of those things where, yeah, the more you don't want it to happen, the more the, the physiology that relates to blushing increases? Is, is that kind of like amp it up? That's exactly right. It's a self-perpetuating cycle. So uh, the more yes. anxious you feel about blushing, and this is a this is all part of the psychology, the more neurologically aroused we become. Makes me uncomfortable to say <laughs> that, but and then the more neurologically aroused we are, the more we blush, and it's a vicious self-perpetuating cycle. Nice. So what's actually causing the blushing though? It's associated with emotional stress. It's associated with passion, embarrassment, shyness, anger. Or romantic stimulation, it says. 
Um, but essentially, it's like a fight or flight response. And so the person's sympathetic nervous system will kick in and cause blood vessels to open. Essentially, it's essentially it's a rush of blood to your face. Right. Is and what's going on. Yeah. In some people, the ears, neck and upper chest may also blush. And so why do, why do some people have a, a more pronounced blushing reaction than others? Yeah, I didn't actually read why that would be. I think it's more, you know, why is someone more anxious than others? I don't know the answers to that. I think it's yeah. related, you know, it's all to do with that, which I didn't look into and have nothing to add about <laughs> that. <laughs> However, so, some studies show that blushes are perceived as more genuine and trustworthy. Oh yeah, you can see that, eh? Yeah, you can see it because you can't, you can't, you can't disguise your true reaction, so it feels more authentic. Because you don't, you know, you're you're reacting genuinely because you would be disguising it if you could. That's right. And so there was an example of these two people that went on a date, and they were friends, and there was a bit of ambiguity about whether it was a date or whether they were two friends. And then I think someone, maybe the waiter, said, "Are you guys on a date?" And then he blushed big time, and yeah. then she says, "Hello." <laughs> yeah, hello. And basically, you know, I think she was saying that the blush basically made their relationship or something. That's a bit cute. That's very sweet. Mm. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Anything more on blushing? No, nah, nothing really. Just uh, six. I just hate people that if I start blushing and I can sense, I can like, I can just keep a lid on it, and then someone calls me on the blush, I want to punch them in the face. <laughs> basically, <laughs> if I'm in a large group and someone says, "You're going red." <laughs> I'm like, that's it. It's on. <laughs> I don't know what circles you're hanging around, but I have not been in a situation where someone's called someone else for blushing since about grade seven. Oh, it happens all the time. Look, I'll just call it out and go, you're blushing. Yeah, he's going red. Oh, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> um, all right, next cab off the rank, pressure points. Yeah, pressure points is interesting because I don't really know anything about it other than you started learning Kung Fu at some point and the Kung Fu teacher used to get some weird pleasure from doing pressure points on new students. That was that's exactly what I remember when I was looking at this because I was I was a teenager and this guy was this instructor was so good at pressure points. He used to stand there. He used to do these there were these infamous pressure point demonstration nights where he would go through 10 or 20 of the best pressure points to put on someone and you would have to stand there and be the demonstration dummy if you were unlucky enough to get picked. Would you would you have to cop all 20? You would sit there and you would be the dummy for the night. Ugh. And it was it was the worst night of your life because he was so good at it. It was like you know when you see people who have electric electric nodes placed around their body and then yeah. someone is putting electricity through them and they are involuntarily <laughs> just got <laughs> like situation? <laughs> what situation did you come through where that was happening? You know when you watch TV shows and someone and like a you know I'm a celebrity get me out of here and they'll have people wired up and then they have to do something while getting zapped and their body's kind of like just involuntarily <laughs> you never seen those shows not really but I'm gonna go with it yes and I'm gonna go <laughs> right in if you know what I'm talking about yeah <laughs> if you. Go on. Anyway, so you would sit there. And so you would just be getting zapped by this guy for 30 minutes. And you'd go home and just lie in bed and just go, I feel like I've been electrocuted. Like, it was so intense. And so that's kind of my introduction to pressure points. All right. So a a Luke's Luke's definition of pressure points is that they're points on the surface of the, the skin that are sensitive to pressure. And usually what's happening is that there's a nerve that's close to the top of the skin. So when you push on it, 
it the, the nerve pushes against muscle or bone and it's painful because it's kind of a nerve ending is is how most pressure points work there's about 300 of them throughout the body and it links back to lots of kind of chinese acupressure and indian ayurvedic meta, um, medicine where they also use them to heal and for therapeutic purposes so there's theories around blockages in energy flows or there's theories about muscles getting you know referred pain or knots in them and by pushing on these points you can release pain and release stress and you know heal the body so they're kind of used for for good in the therapeutic medicine sense but also for harm in the martial arts hurdy hurdy someone sense and so that's and kind let's of- just note let's just note that from my research there's actually not really any evidence for the good that you're talking about well it's interesting there is a bit of evidence for acupressure um that has a little bit um and then sure? acupressure yeah is that different to acupuncture well, acupuncture just uses needles on these points, or acupressure just uses just uses hand pressure, but they're hitting the same points. Mm. Acupuncture you think has energy. Yeah, I'm going to be skeptical, but we'll look into that. And so, yeah, that's the basic idea of of, of pressure points and and how they're used. The mm. the little um, subtopic is: Do you remember, like back in the '80s, everyone used to talk about the death touch, which is you can kill someone. Was it a Bruce Lee thing? Yes. Yeah, Bruce Lee thing. So there was a thing called, it's called Dim Mark, which is Chinese for death touch. Whereas if you hit someone in a certain way, it causes a disproportionate damage where you might hit them in a certain area and then in two weeks they can die as a result. And it was like oh, this, really? this big mythology built up around the death touch, which people have looked into it and obviously it's a load of rubbish. But there are like little things around. I think there's a certain point above the heart where if you hit someone clearly enough and hard enough, you can ch- cause permanent um, changes to their heart rhythm. That's that's kind of established. But right. as far as an actual death touch goes, rubbish. But there was a big theory going around, but that's how Bruce Lee died was someone hit him with a death touch and then three weeks later he, he fell over because of it. But um, I, I remember in the 80s thinking, oh, you'd hate to get hit with a death touch. But nah, not, uh, <laughs> not, not, not the case. Yeah. So that's pressure points. Interesting. That's uh, that is, or I'll give myself a, probably a ten and eleven. I give you a seven and a six. Not 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 a bad team effort there. Yeah, it's probably fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that's four topics. I love these human body topics. So I'm going to say it. There's probably going to be uh, a number three episode coming out at some Part point three. soon. When we look at the spreadsheet of topics that we've got, both ones we've suggested and ones from listeners. There is a lot of human body related topics. So it does make sense. We'll, we'll probably be more in the series. There'll be another one. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. So we've got, it's not a new segment, but it's just something that we found amusing and nah, no one listens. So it doesn't really matter what we do on these things. So we've got a vegetable celebrity showdown. Now Luke has asked me to write a theme tune for this segment. I don't know if it's going to happen. If it is going to happen, if I get around to it, I'll put it here. Hey guys, Don here. Uh, Luke wanted me to write a theme song for this segment and I tried a bunch of things and nothing really worked, but he sent me a voicemail on my phone, which was just meant for my ears only just as like inspiration to what I should be trying to do. And it's much better than anything I could do. So this is Luke's voicemail sent to me. Please enjoy. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I think it's time for Vegetable Celebrity Showdown. 
Okay, so this it's a very simple game, this one. Uh, the basic idea is you've got to take a celebrity and replace one or both of their names with a vegetable to make a celebrity <laughs> vegetable name. Um, generally, we go back and forth, uh, just trying to outdo each other on the goodness of it, and at the end we will announce a winner. It's like a game of table tennis. Now, this is fun. Now, the reason I know this game is because I used to be in a band, and when we used to tour up and down the east coast of Australia... There was one particular day where we just went nuts, or maybe a weekend, we went nuts with these, and we just came up with all sorts of <laughs> great celebrity names. And it's always stuck with me for some reason, and I'm just bringing it back because I wanted to. It's a great game. It's yeah. a, it is a great game, and it is absolutely, it's puns, it's, it's dad jokes, it's in that territory, but that's, that's what we love about it. So, what do you got? All right, I'm going to open the, open the batting with, uh, you know, the celebrity... Channing Tatum Channing Potatum Not bad actually That's pretty good <laughs> Okay I've got uh, And I, I like to sometimes Put it in a sentence Just to build the mood oh, So yeah. I'm going to say Can you believe Donald Trump Beat Celery Clinton In the 2016 election Not bad <laughs> Not bad <laughs> Not bad <laughs> I'm going to build on that With uh, how good was Trump's predecessor Barackley Obama No that's good <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not bad. <laughs> I was really sad to hear recently that Sean Cornery died. Corn? Nah. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. I uh, also heard that Goldie Corn died. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Bean Affleck was pretty devastated about that. Uh, <laughs> so was Bruce P. That's, uh, <laughs> that's meant to be uh, Bruce Lee. Meant to be Bruce Lee, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and Macaulay Flower Culkin. <laughs> Macaulay Flower Culkin's trying to make a comeback. So Macaulay Flower Culkin. Macaulay Flower Culkin. That's the best one yet. Macaulay Flower. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I was watching uh, Breakback Mountain the other night with Heath Ledger and Steak Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Steak Gyllenhaal. That's terrible. It's not even a vegetable. Yes. It's not even a vegetable. Oh, it doesn't have to be a vegetable. Let's just. I think that was the guideline, but we can do any food. Okay. And Robert Bradford agrees with me. Um, <laughs> have you seen that new movie with Nicholas Sage? It's directed by Time Burton. <laughs> terrible. 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 Uh, you know who would think that was terrible? Elv- mm. Elvis Parsley. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Looking forward to the next NRL season. Hopefully, uh, Asparagus Gus Gould isn't... Uh... <laughs> That's Isn't commentating. A, that's good. That's a very Australian reference. <laughs> it is. So, Gus Gould is a, a pretty famous commentator. Pretty annoying. And uh, I went for asparagus. So. This this next one, I think, is my absolute worst. Uh, speaking of yeah, rugby. Yeah, mine are going downhill steadily. No, speaking of rugby league, remember back in the 80s, the Simply the Best song by Tuna Turnip. Good. <laughs> Tuna, good. Tina Turnip. You're going for the double. Turnip. Tuna and Tuna turnip. turnip. That's not bad. That is not bad. Tina Turnip might have been a bit clearer, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the tuna element. Have you got any others? The only other one I've got is absolutely terrible. Mm. It is. Um, I really like Australian actress Kate Blanchetta. <laughs> nah, <laughs> terrible. But still better than my last one, which was I watched a Moneyball with the delightful Brad Pitter. <laughs> oh, really? I had actually. I was. I actually had omitted. My, not Brad Pitter, but Brad Pitted Prune. 
Brad Pitt and Prune. <laughs> That's actually my favourite of all. That's terrible. And that is a terrible segment, but strangely satisfying. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, feel free to play along at home. And uh... if you have any ideas up your sleeve, get in contact with us on Facebook, on Instagram, or send us an email. What's that about? At Outlook.com. We want to hear your celebrity vegetable efforts. Uh, that could almost be a part of the social media strategy. Submit your uh, celebrity vegetable name in the comments. Yeah, I'm always really uh, uncomfortable asking for any audience <laughs> feedback with the socials because it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Except for some of those polls. They were roaring, roaring success. That's <laughs> true. Double figures. Uh, alrighty. That'll uh, probably do us for this episode. Thank yep. you very much for listening and we will catch you next time. Yeah. As usual, the general beg for uh, feedback and validation. It's all we have. So give us a review. Tell your friends. Let's, you know, a lot of, I was actually reading, how do you get a podcast to be big? And mm. one of the things they said was to call your fans a particular name. <laughs> so to be like, you do see that a, a what's, lot. A what's that about her? You know, like what would you... <laughs> What would you call someone who listens to What's That About? Other than a loser, what would they be? A wta -er. I don't know. Yeah, you do see that an awful lot though, don't you? They, a lot of people use it and we're going to do it ironically, which makes I, it... Uh, I can't even bring myself to call... Like if, if someone listens to the show, yeah, at best I call them a listener. I might say yeah. they're aware of the show. They're a tolerator. They're a tolerator. Think, really. oh. I don't like saying your name. Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, even just to say Luke and Don, it's a bit weird. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit I, too personal. I reckon they're the, the tolerators and we give them little bumper stickers that say, I tolerate what's the What's That About podcast. That's not a bad idea. The tolerators, the WTA tolerators. Because <laughs> let's be honest, no one likes listening to us. They either do it out of obligation because we know them. Or they've accidentally stumbled across here and don't know how to turn it off because they're too old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mum. Okay, it's uh, it's official. If you listen to the show, you're a tolerator. You're a tolerator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. On that note, see you later, tolerators. Have a good week. And if you guys just want to, in your spare time between episodes, want to watch the tolerator with Armin Schwarzenegger, eh, feel free. That was terrible. Nah, that. <laughs> okay, it's terrible. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. See you guys. Bye.